Welcome, everyone. Episode 55 of the Health and Wealth Podcast. Steve Giordano here with the president of FFL Financial Solution. Very cool name. Mr. Rami Hamadi in Boston. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you doing today? Terrific. We're going to give you a round of applause because you just got a logo. You just hit Hall of Fame and now basically a year and a half of being here, right? Like first time Hall of Famer in your, in your quote yeah. unquote, we'll call it rookie year kind of. So lot to unpack, but I've seen a lot of your stuff, social media, obviously, you know, you guys and Marissa and everybody do a great job, social media. So one, what kind of brought you to FFL and what were you really positioned to do prior? Yeah, it's a good question, Steve. So what brought me to FFL first before, before I came into Family First Life, I was currently in the medical field. So I was an exercise physiologist working in the hospital, helping people in cardiac and pulmonary rehab. At the same time, I was attending medical school and working as a PA to garner my medical degree to get my MD. Now, I've known Marisa Maja and Christina Maja for quite some time now. I've known for about 13, 14 years. So from afar, like everyone does at first, I'm looking on Instagram, social media, Facebook. I see all the posts. Everything just keep going on my feed. And I got curious. I'm like, all right, let me see what this is. Let me just ask Marisa. So I inquired with Marisa. I started talking to her again. We reconnected. Mind you, I'm not in business. All she told me was I own an insurance agency. So I say, you own an insurance agency? Tell me more about that. What do you mean? She's like, simple as that. I own my own insurance agency. I'm like, okay. So we start talking a little bit. Then we begin to date. And I still, mind you, don't believe anything she says about the insurance industry. I think that when she's telling me about how much money she's making, um, how many families she's helping, the impact she's having on her life and others, I just don't believe it. Like everyone else, I'm, I have a really high skepticism, and I just didn't believe a limiting belief that if, if this is too good to be true, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. So then over time, what happened was I said, you know what, let me just give this a try. So I said, let me come to the business part-time. So I came to the industry part-time while working in the hospital. And at that point, I hit the ground running. Um, I came in and I loved it. It was probably um, one of the best decisions I made. But that was my background prior to coming into the insurance industry. No sales background, no insurance background. Just coming from the hospital, and wanting to make a little bit of extra money and continue to help people. So I love helping people in the hospital. This is more financially, not just uh, physically per se. So now, you know, you go part-time start now, and I would assume like everybody you had, you know, like you said, the skepticism and you want, you want to see if it works, right? Like you, you had a good gig. What was kind of prior to, you know, your vision for you, like your long-term vision, like, Hey, I'm going to be this when I grow up. Like what, what was it, you know, in the long-term that you wanted to be? It's funny you asked that. So growing up, I was born in Boston for 13 years. And I moved to Lebanon, to Bay Lebanon for about 11 years. Now, when I moved to Lebanon, I've always worked with my father. My father was an entrepreneur. He's owned many businesses. He's owned convenience stores. He's owned rental car companies. He's owned multiple different restaurants. And mind you, he's pretty successful at this point in time. If we were to look at him, you would say, Rami, why did you even try to attend middle school? He's like, why would you just not continue working with your father and just go to the family business? When I was younger, of course, I saw myself, the grand scheme of things, working with my father, being long-term. Then, of course, being more recent descent and having this background, the doctor, and, you know, 
Sorry about this for the doctoring, basically, <laughs> on the lawyering, attorney, things like that. So the motion, motion sensor. There you go. So the lawyering and doctoring, things of that nature. So I went into the medical field, and I saw myself being a doctor. I did not, I did not see myself being 1099 ever. I did not see myself in any industry sales-wise. I just saw myself, you know, going to a bachelor's degree, finishing with a bachelor of sciences, going to my master's in PA, then going to receive my secondary master's as a doctorate in medical school. And I decided that's the that's what the vision was. Once I came into SSL, of course, as you know, the vision changes. Now it's not just about myself, it's about helping other families and truthfully impacting as many lives as I can. Not on the personal production side now. I think that side, you know, once you figure it out, you figure it out. Now it's more about helping other people and actually getting them to see the vision, getting them to hop like jump ship per se and say, hey, you may be making a hundred, two hundred thousand where you're at right now, but you come to this business of a hundred families in one month. To true sense of transition, not to mention being able to impact and help the community. Yeah. What's interesting about that is like a lot of people I find that, that get in here, they're, they're coming from backgrounds where they didn't make a lot of money or were not on a path to make, you know, north of 100, 150 or whatever a year. But now you talk to someone who was going to be a doctor who clearly like, like you would have been on that path. It's interesting how we can appeal to people at that higher echelon, because the reality is the financial services, like if you look it up, it pays more than pretty much everything. Oh yeah. You're right. It pays more than doctors. It pays more than lawyers. It pays more than even if you think about it, minor league athletes. Yes. Some athletes yeah. make exactly as you know, 20 yeah. to families in three months. So we have the ability here, like you said, to actually be able to go out there and make that on our own and, as you said, you said it perfectly. You said it, there's, it has that appeal now. People usually, they go to those jobs, not just for the title, but like you said, to be able to provide for the family. Here, it has the appeal to the title, of course, because who does not want to work themselves? Who doesn't want to own their own schedule and be able to do what they want in their own life? But at the same time, like you said, you can make now more financially in this vehicle than I could anywhere else. So yeah. as you said, the financial service vehicle is the best vehicle to be in by yeah. far. Now, you told me earlier you protected about 253 families from July to the end of the year, which is awesome. Now, how long of that period were you part-time, and when did you transition full? So the whole the whole period, believe it or not, the wow. whole period I was part-time. Yeah. So but mind you, part-time to me is only part-time. If you see my part-time, it's probably full-time to other people. Sure. So just because I said it was part time, it was just because, you know, I was working in the hospital and I was working here as well as a fall. Right. So to me, it was two different jobs, was balancing it. But when I was part time, what I would do is I would work Monday through Friday. I would find one day specifically that would be my dial day. It would be an off day. Whatever my off day was, I would make that my dial day. The very next day, I wouldn't have an off, unfortunately, because it's not how it really worked. But what I would do is I would only work seven to three. So lucky enough, working seven to three, as you know, that opens up my whole evening and afternoon. So the whole day is going to be open for basically three o'clock and on. So on Monday, let's say I would dial the full day from Tuesday, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Wednesday, same thing, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. And I would go there and I would actually dial and I would run, and I would door knock, and I would do all these things that I was so uncomfortable doing. Sure. I had no idea what I was doing. I would door knock on the door, Steve. Seriously, I would knock on the door with a lead on my hand and I would be like kind of nervous. I'm like, all right, what am I doing here? What's going to happen? But soon enough, I learned that, you know what, this is actually how you do the income-producing activities, and you keep that high activity. But I came in part-time in the industry the whole time, go to six months. Wow. So everybody, like, obviously, we talk about, hey, you did 253, now you've just done north of four, which is awesome. But the struggle, because everybody has that initial, hey, I got started, this is hard, I hit the wall. 
What did that look like for you? How did you overcome whatever struggles you went through? For me, it was really, it was a mental block. For me, it was getting over the hump and really understanding that one, this business is real. That okay, just because the first month I helped 18 families, 17 families, I didn't know if it was completely true. Flash in the pan, you know, is it just, is it like kind of like the lead that maybe I, I, you know, I got that day. So I really had to start thinking and believing in myself. So to me, the hard part was actually believing one, that I can do it. That two, it didn't matter what the outcome was going to be, that was going to make it work. And then three, it was actually reaching out and up and plugging in. I really had to make sure that I stayed plugged in because me, I'm very, I'm one that's, you tell me what to do, I'm gonna do it. You give me a directive and initiative, I can complete it, no problem. And not just be very like, just not confident, not to be arrogant or confident. I know I can complete it more efficiently than most people can. However, I had to tell myself that I could still do that in this business while balancing the hospital at the same time. Right. That was in the very beginning. On top of that, it was getting no show. It was, you know, not booking my appointments when I first would get on the phones. How was I able to get over it? I'm a person that I get told no a lot of times. I don't like rejection well. Over time in the business, though, I learned to kind of deal with rejection. I learned to understand, to be more patient, to be more calm, more collect, articulate more, and just use logic. And then over time, that was the hard part, connecting those two dots, that I didn't have to be the best sales guy. I didn't have to have be my best black with my words, no high verb or lexicon. I just had to be myself. I had to be honest with the person, honest with myself, and just tell myself that, hey, these are the steps that need to be done, and I have to stick to them. Non-negotiables. I have to dial. I don't care if it's seven o'clock at night in the office. If I don't have my 15 to 30, 15 to 20 appointments, I'm going to continue to dial because I know that without these at bats, I'm gonna get no show. I know I'm not gonna be perfect in the field. So if I don't have those, how can I hit Hall of Fame? How can I actually build my agency to a point where I can actually, you know, retire my mom and do all these things that I'm sure that you know we all want to do, but who's really going to put the work in? I had to test myself. I'd seen in the beginning if I was really able to put that work in. So early on, did you kind of set some of those financial goals for yourself, like retiring your mom and probably I'm sure there's plenty of other things that you, you, you'd like to have from a financial perspective. Like how early did you say like, OK, I'm doing this and I see the money and obviously you have great mentorship around you like those those goals. When did you kind of put those into place and say, all right, I'm going to go after these and I don't care what I have to sacrifice to get it. So to be fair, I'm very transparent with you, Steve. It wasn't me. It took me time. Yeah. Probably took me like 90 days. Like 90 days, it's like 120 days to seriously establish those goals and establish non-negotiables and understanding that, hey, no matter what happens, I'm going to have to, you know, attain the goal. I'm going to have to complete the task, whatever's going in front of me. So it took me about three months to do so. And, and why did, personally, do I believe it took me that long to do so is because I'm one that I like to understand how things work i'm sure many people can attest we're going to see this video they're going to understand that hey i want to understand the full ins and out of the business guys you do not have to i can tell you that steve can tell you that sean mike can tell you that paul can tell you that it doesn't matter what matters is you just take this and there's the small steps at one step at a time and they're going to become large steps eventually you keep walking you're going to walk a mile eventually but you have to continue to walk you have to put one foot in front of the other and for me, that was a 90-day process. It was for three months, basically, understanding that, all right, in order for me to, you know, retire my mom, I have to hit X amount of appointments. X amount of appointments equals X amount of sits. X amount of sits, X amount of families helped, and so forth. Rinse, wash, repeat. I actually looked at the logistics of things. I'm a like stat kind of guy. I'm a huge numbers guy. I looked at the demographic of certain areas. I looked at the certain, like, the median range of um, the salary. There's certain things I have to really understand to make sure that I say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be able to retire in two years. I told myself, Steve, the minute I came to the business full time, 
than 24 months. I want to retire my mom. So I'm wondering, wow. I have 12 months left. Yeah. So hopefully I can, you know, I know hopefully I know I'm going to do it, but hopefully it's sooner. I don't want to wait two years. I want sure. to be earlier than that. And I'm taking the appropriate steps to do so. But again, it took me a long time. It took me about three different months to do so. So I want everyone to know if you're not figuring the business out right away, it's okay. Yeah. Just talk to your mentor, talk to your upline, then go step by step because eventually you will figure it out. I promise you that. Your your mom, I'd assume, lives up there with you or in that, that area? Yeah, she does. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, her and my younger brother. Okay. That's awesome, dude. I love that. So now, obviously, you know, you, you got very good mentorship. Um, and, you know, Marissa, what they, they're doing is, a, is amazing, particularly with, you know, social media and just everything. I feel like they're very much jack of all trades. They sell like animals. They promote like animals. Like, they're just, they're oh, yeah. in, incredible. So how has it been kind of working, you know, together with both of them and that component and that dynamic? How has that helped you? Um, and, and how are you, you know, kind of managing the, you know, the, the working with someone that you're very, very close with? How has that helped you? Of course, so it's helped me tremendously, Steve, uh, really a lot. Because in the beginning, I was able to role play 24-7. I was able to constantly bug, poke, and prod. And I mean that because, like you said, I was so close to Christina and Marisa that I've known them for such a long time. Outside of me being me and Marisa being significant part of this with each other, I've known them for a majority of my life. So yeah. I have no filter. So basically, I would literally roll through with them, like you said, 30 different times every single night. Any question about a carrier, any type of information I want a systematic onboarding, I would go to them and I would talk to them about it. And the mentoring, like you said, the guidance I got from them helped me significantly because they've been in this business before me. They've been at multiple different practice points before me. They know exactly what to do and how to do it. They had an agency before I got here. They were Hall of Fame producers before I got here. I was not a Hall of Fame producer. I was not an agency owner. I had no idea what to do in insurance. All I knew was that if I listened and I followed the steps that were told, I was going, it was going to work out. So, and to touch on that as well, I want to let everyone to understand that. You don't have to be extremely close to the person that you're trying to learn from. Me, luckily enough, it did help actually my learning curve because it was that layer of comfortability or uncomfortability per se. Yeah. I was able to kind of 86 that because like you said, I'm always with them. When you're always with somebody all the time, you're able to talk, probably want to talk. You're not shy. You're not nervous. You're not embarrassed. Yep. Whereas a newer agent may feel that way. So one, I avoided that. I avoided the, basically the, all the objections. The objection handbook basically it was between me and Marisa and Christina. We would sit down, have them both in front of me, and literally I would role play with them over and over again. And they would tell me so many different things, even objections I've never heard of. But they did that to prepare me, to make sure that, hey, when you come to the business, this is what's going to need to be done. Mm -hmm. They made me, they actually trained me to understand that you have to be on the phone by 8 a.m. It's not because, hey, like, you know, we all have to wake up early. I, I wake up early, I'm sure everyone else does. But it's really because 8 to 10 is the golden hour. Like from that, that time, I think that's where you're going to set all of your appointments. People are going to work. People are going to be getting ready to go to work. People are either on the drive there. I didn't understand that concept. But in the beginning, I did because they were telling me that. If I didn't get told that, maybe I would say, all right, you know what? Everyone wants to die at 8 a.m. because they just want to wake up early and that's just the set time. But I didn't understand the rationale and the logic behind it. So having that kind of mentorship and having that kind of guidance helps you understand the logic behind the decision and the logic behind the action and not just saying, hey, go do this action. I was actually able to understand why they were telling me to do certain things. 
Secondary, it's hard to, you know, be in business with someone you care about because yeah. you want to make personal with business. Just sure. like I'm sure Mr. Christina can attest to them being sisters. It's personal business. Same thing myself. It's sometimes we're gonna make those separate the hats. You yeah. have to be sure to understand. <laughs> Sorry about that again. You know, most <laughs> so the whole thing is you have to really truly understand that it's okay to get personal, but at the same time, when it's business, don't be personal. Yeah. Keep the business head on and be able to understand that hey. This is the route or the task that needs to be completed. And I'm not afraid to say it. If I have to tell them something, I'm going to say it because I know it's going to help excel our business and get all of us where we need to be. And same yeah. thing goes vice versa. They'll tell me things that, you know, I'm sure not the average person would tell me. They weren't, you know, if they didn't care about them like they do. But because they do, they're going to tell me. And of course, they want to, you know, help us overall with it. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. So now, obviously, they communicated with you early on the importance of building. You know, you just hit. You know, senior sales manager, you're going to be on your way to VP and probably beyond that by the time we hit the convention in a couple months. Um, how have you attacked recruiting? Has it been a lot of warm market? Has it been social media? What's kind of been, you know, your go-to or go-tos? Yeah. So to me, I like a whole mix of both, basically. I like a mix of cold market and warm market. When I came to business, I first was told, get staff. Staff is number one. You have to have to get staff because one, you're going to be your best recruiter. I am my only staff, but I have so much time in the day, right? My schedule is only so much white space. I mean, they can be driving in between appointments. I'm going to be in a home helping somebody or I'm going to be dialing or helping other agents. So the first thing I did was get staff. The second day I got resources, cold market. So in the very beginning, I did a lot of cold market. And still to this day, I do a lot of cold market. Majority, probably 60% of my recruiting comes from cold market. I tried the warm market route and I still do warm market. I'll spread it to all my friends. I'll talk to all my um, basically employees, um, like my friends, like old ex-employees. I'll talk to basically people who came to business, didn't really work out, but I'll talk to their friends and their friends of friends to try to see what they can do. But what I did realize in the very beginning when I did warm market, personally for me, what happened was I was getting too um, confused in the business person because I was still new. So I didn't understand how to separate these relationships and how to really truthfully understand and tell someone, hey, if you don't dial your leads, you're going to end up being broke. If you don't dial, like, you know, if you don't help these fans, <laughs> you can't just sit there, seriously. And they're my friends. So like at the same time, you would think that you'd want to tell them that. I didn't. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to shame you. I didn't want to make me feel bad. But then over time, that mindset completely went away. And now that's it. Like I make sure I tell them how it is. So it's more like 60-40, but primarily 60% going to cold market resources. I do all of it. I do, um, but, uh, I don't know if I, I can mention certain names, I assume, on the call. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like CSG, I do AMG, Gladiator, things like that. Right. I dabble on them all. A little yeah. bit of all of it work. Yeah. So that's the majority of what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's like a trial and error game. You know, you're playing the social media. And again, like you said, you're gonna get you're going to get a little bit from everywhere. And sometimes you get things from areas you didn't think you'd get them. And sometimes certain areas go very dry, but then they come back. You just got to like keep chopping wood. It's like regular leads, you know? Exactly. True. It really is. The thing is, like the same, you just got to keep chopping wood because at the end of the day, if you keep chopping wood, you're going to be able to build a fire. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just the way you light the fire may be a little bit different. You may use gasoline one day. You may have to use like a lighter, you know? But at the end of the day, you still need the resource of the wood. You still need the ignition, something to light the fire, and you're going to have the fire. Whether that's going to be cold market or warm market, it's always going to work out. What I will tell everyone is do not tell yourself one works better than the other. Just because you have an agent come in 
20, 30, 40K, or 20, 30, 40 families, and they end up coming in and they say, hey, you know what? Um, that resource, that's resource. That's not true, guys. All the resources work. Like Steve said, a little bit of all works. You just want to make sure that when you are doing it, you're giving your all and you're truly investing in it. So if you have a staff, you should be your staff. You got to be a recruiter. recruiter. You have to hop on the lead, start dialing to really start building your business because your business is not going to get built for you. You have to build your own business. That's why we're all 1099 here. We're independent contractors for a reason. Yeah. Do you have a recruiter or any staff for yourself personally yet or not yet? I do, yeah. So like I said, I was lucky enough in the business, Steve. I was told what to do and how to do it quick, and it was drilled into me. So I got staff right away. The minute I started topping 20, 30 families a month consistently, the first couple months back-to-back, I got staff right away. So right now I have two recruiters out in California currently. Trying to get one locally in the office, not over in the East Coast, but it's you know it's a little difficult finding the right staff at the time. A lot of trial and error. But currently right now I have two Got it. Okay. Yeah, I like that because, you know, it's interesting. Like you, if anybody's watching this and you want to see like how to be successful, like you listened, like you're not thinking too much. You're not asking, you know, too many questions to confuse yourself. You're like, cool. Like you guys are doing this over here. Like, you know, Marissa, like, okay, I'm going to listen here. And then I'm sure Paul and so many others, you're just like, you're not, you know, thinking too much, which is great. Exactly. And the thing is, that's the beautiful part about this business is that there's a blueprint, there's a roadmap. It's driven, it's built in front of us. All we have to do is step where we're told to step. And like you said, and the business is going to grow itself. We don't have to come in here, like you said, just put my thinking hand on, understand how am I going to find the resources? How am I going to find the staff? How am I going to recruit the agents? How am I going to onboard the agents? How am I going to teach them how to sell? How am I going to sell? How am I going to become the best person I can be? How can I be the best family member I can be? How can I be the best boyfriend I can be? All these factors, I don't have to put my head on and think about it. Because here by nature, self-growth, self-growth, self-growth and development is extremely, extremely key. And it happens with all of us. It's crucial. Because by nature, when you have non-negotiables, limiting beliefs fall off, diminish. Non-negotiables cause good habits. Good habits cause a good determination, a good person. And then all of a sudden, once you build that foundation, just all of a sudden, that you will begin to come to fruition. And here we have you print. We'll tell you how to be on board. We'll teach you how to help families. We'll tell you, like you just said, exactly what to do and how to do it. All you need to do is listen, be coachable, keep a high activity because you may be coachable and you may be told exactly what to do, but you may not execute appropriately right away. But the thing is, like Steve said, it's like a tree. You keep chopping the wood away, keep chopping, chopping, chopping. One, the tree is going to come down. And then two, sunlight's going to come on down because the cheese no longer blocking the sunlight. And three, you're going to have a lot of resources to be able to build fires. What do fires do? They keep people warm. They protect people. Think of the business the same exact way. Is that when you're recruiting and when you're talking, helping your agents, you're just building the fire more. You're just building it. It's getting massive, massive, massive. It's getting bigger, basically, from the lack of land terms. And when the fire is large, then so is basically helping the families. Yeah, I love that. Um... So what are some things now that you think you're going to kind of evolve? Because obviously this, they should call this business the evolution business, not the insurance business. Because if you're not Seriously. evolving, you're dying. What are some things that you're going to look now as we're ramping up to convention, which is crazy that it's going to be here you know, sooner than later. Um, what are some things that you're looking to do differently now, maybe in these next three months that you did, than you did in the previous nine to really take yourself over the top? 
So I'm starting to implement a lot more live transfers and I'm starting to implement a lot more um, hybrid approach because the in-home sales portion, you know, got that down. I think, I think the in-home face-to-face is clearly always going to predominate what I'm going to be doing for my in-home. But however, incorporating the Zoom, incorporating the live transfers and the telesales, it's truly allowing my ROI to get um, greater. It's allowing me to uh, have more resources to help more agents. And it's basically allowing me to understand, hey, if I have a couple of agents or I have an agency who wants to come on board and they're only used to doing virtual or they're only used to calling for Medicare, I'm going to be able to help them because now I have my health license because I'm actually going to go through the AHIP period and be able to help people and for them to actually understand, hey, we're not just a life business, we're helping at the same time. And for the people who only want to come in and do life on the telephone side, I'm able to tell them exactly how to do it, what kind of resources they're going to need, and the activity they're going to need to put into it. It's the same mindset because all it comes down to mindset. Like you said, this business will evolve you don't have the proper mindset, you're not going to evolve. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. If you don't have the proper mindset, you don't grow. You don't evolve. And here, like, I have to I have, I have to change my mindset to understand that, hey, not me. You master the in-home part. You can definitely do a face-to-face. Time to protect families over Zoom. Time to protect families over the phone. Because it's the same thing. The family still needs the help. And that way, I'm able to help train my agents. So I would say is the main thing I would be changing going at the convention. But secondly, I want to get all my agency convention. I want to get everybody out there. The first, I was the convention first time last year at Home Depot. It was amazing. It was wow. great meeting everyone there. It was great seeing, yeah, the first time. It was great seeing everything out there. And I was actually like impressed. So now it's more about, all right, not just myself. Let me get people there. I've seen, I experienced it. It's going to be cool seeing everybody talking, spreading ideas, and brainstorming. But outside of that, now I want to see who I can get down there. Who actually is going to have their life change like it changed my life? True. Who's actually going to put the work in like I was willing to put the work in? And once you do go there, they're going to get rewarded because, like we all know, big things happen after convention, big changes happen after big events. Yeah, it's a very good point. And again, you know, we're going to be Lone Depot Park again this year. Uh, we have a stacked lineup. I think it's going to be incredible. So anybody listening, you know, on anybody's team, get to the convention. It's a life-changing deal. I mean, you're a prime example. You know, you're doing, you had a great year, but then all of a sudden, boom, you're a Hall of Famer and we're in month 10. Um, so clearly you learned something from there. Uh, so your money was well spent by going. So anybody out there, if you're on the fence, register today, fflconvention.com. I'm, I'm a firm believer it will truly change your life as long as you take the information back with you and, you know, go to work. So give us some uh, a parting shot for anybody new. Um, what are a couple of key things that you'd say to them, hey, do these things or thing to get yourself started fast? Okay, so to get started fast, guys, be coachable. Plug in, make your car a rolling university. What that means is constantly listen to podcasts, constantly call your upline, text your upline, or plug into trainings, understand the business. One, get to get on the phones. So I'm going to tell you guys, 90% of the business is the phones. We all don't want to door knock forever, right? That's the point why we like this business so much. We're a legion in business. So I recommend everybody who's brand new to take their script out, whatever script they're using, print all of them, Repeat them 30, 30 times out loud to yourself before you sleep at night. Because if you can master the phones, if you can be consistent and coachable and keep a very good attitude and have a high activity, you're going to win here. There's nothing else that's going to stop you in this business. And just stay true to yourself. Don't change like who you're, don't change your personality. Don't go in there and be someone you're not. You're not. Don't go on the phones and try to act like you're this um, 
crazy sell on the phone. No, just be you guys, follow the system because it works. And if it doesn't, just keep plugging it. Just like you said, keep chipping, chipping away because at the end of the day, guys, it's going to work and then you're going to get where you need to be. Just plug in and stay consistent. Love that, man. So I really look forward to seeing you soon. It'll be, you know, here before yep. you know it. Um, yeah. And I appreciate all you do. I mean, you're you're killing it, and you're an inspiration, and and I love to see it. So, um, and I love that your light keeps going out. It's like they have the light doing that to make sure you guys are working and you keep dialing. It's probably exactly. it's probably planted that way. They know that if you like stay in one spot at one time, you're not dialing. So like they're gonna turn the lights off on you. I like that. Exactly. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much. Great to have you. And anything we can do for you, uh, we're we're there for you. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on here as well, Steve. You got it. You're the man. Take care, man. Mm -hmm.